Shalom to all. Today's daf is Erev and Daf Pebez, and we are starting with the brand new parak. The eighth parak is sponsored by Safer Orthodontics of Jackson, New Jersey. They should be blessed with continued Hatzlacha, Parnasa B'Shefa, and Nachas from the entire family. And now in this new parak, we're going to be talking about Erev Tchumen. The Mishnah says, Ketan Mishtat Fein How do we join in in Erev Tchumen? Menechas Achavas, a person places down the barrel. Va'aymani says, Harez L'Chol Iri. This is for all the people in my city. L'Chol Mishayich L'Beis Avil. Anyone that's going to a house of mourning outside the Tchum or L'Beis Hamishtah. Someone who's going to a chasana outside the Anyone that accepts this Erev upon himself from before Shabbos, Mutter, he's allowed to use this Erev on Shabbos. However, if he only accepted upon himself on Shabbos, Asr, he's not allowed to go there. You're not allowed to make an Erev after Shabbos already started. And the Gemara says, We only make an Erev if we have to do a Mitzvah, if we have to go to a base Avel or a base Mishta. And now the Gemara asks, What's the Chiddush? We already learned this Erev was being set up for someone who has to go to a house of Avelas or a Chasana. The Gemara says, you might have thought, that in our Mishnah, we were just teaching us the normal way. Usually, people only go outside the Tchum because they have to go to a base of or base Mishnah. But if you want to make an Erev for a non-Mitzvah purpose, you're allowed to. Kamash 1, the Chiddush from Rav Yosef is, is that you're only allowed to make an Erev to extend your Tchum if you're going for a Mitzvah purpose, but not for a Dvarashos. And the Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah, anyone that accepts the Erev upon himself from before Shabbos, he's allowed to use the Erev. And the Gemara suggests, Shabbos Mishnah seems to be that we can learn from here, in Brera, that we do not apply Brera, which is retroactive determination. When he set the Erev for anyone that wants, we don't say that someone's acceptance of the Erev on Shabbos retroactively determines that he was really included beforehand. And the Gemara continues, if we would apply Brera, let's say that now it's been retroactively clarified that he really wanted this Erev Erev already before Shabbos. It must be that we don't say Brera. Amravashi Ravashi says, no, there's no Raya that aim Brera, because really the Mishnah should be read as Kitani. The difference is whether or not he knew about the Erev before Shabbos. If he never knew that there was an Erev made for anyone that wanted before Shabbos, then he can't join in on Shabbos. But it's very possible that if he heard before Shabbos that there was an Erev for anyone that wanted, he's allowed to accept it on Shabbos, and it's very possible that we would say Yash Brera. And the Gemara continues, Amravasi, Katan Ben Shesh, we have a child who's six years old, He's with the Erev that his mother made. If his mother set an Erev for herself and she forgot to include her six-year-old child, he's allowed to be included in that Erev and he's allowed to go past the Tchum. Now, even though a child doesn't have the Chiv to perform mitzvahs, his father has a mitzvah of Chinuch and therefore his father technically would have to prevent him from going outside the Tchum unless he has an Erev set for him. The Gemara asks, A child that needs his mother, he could be Yetzeh with the Erev of his mother. If he doesn't need his mother anymore, he's not Yetzeh with his mother's Erev. We learn the same exact thing in regards to sukkah. A child that does not need his mother anymore, he's got to sit in the sukkah. We ask on that, what does that mean, a child that doesn't need his mother? They taught the measure If he relieves himself, and his mother doesn't have to clean him up, that means he doesn't need his mother anymore. He says, if he wakes up from his sleep, and he doesn't call out for his mother, so he's considered that he doesn't need his mother anymore. The Gemara asks, a child waking up and not calling out for his mother, even older children will wake up and call out for their mother. So we say, let's say, if he wakes up from his sleep and he doesn't call out mother, mother, meaning he doesn't incessantly call for his mother until she comes, then that means that he's and what's the age for this? He's four or five. This is depending on the maturity of the child. So we see very clearly,
actually, it's not six, it's either four or five. The Gemara on the top of Bebe Zoe and Bez says, Amr Ravidi, Kiko Amr of Asi, when did Ravasi say that a child who's six years old is included in his mother's Erev, Kagancha Erev all of Aviv Litzafan, his father made an Erev for him towards the north of the city, the Imai Ladarm, and his mother made an Erev for him for the south of the city, the Filu Bar Sheish Nami, but Safsu the Imai Nichole. Even a six year old child will want to go with his mother and not necessarily with his father. But that's not necessarily indicative of whether or not he's Sarch Imai. The Gemara says, Mase, we have a question. A child who needs his mother will be yaitze with his mother's erev v'kama ben sheish. We have a refutation to Rav Baravidi because he tried to explain that there's a difference between a six-year-old going with his mother and that he's not necessarily tzar chlimai. He just likes going with his mother. We see from here that a six-year-old is considered tzar chlimai and he's with his mother's erev. And now the Gemara suggests let's say this is a refutation to Rav Asi because this Bryce has said ad sheish up until six years old and Rav Asi had said six years old. So Amal Kharavas, Ravasi will answer Ad Vaad Bakal when it says Ad over here in the brass, it means up until and including six years old. The Gemara continues suggesting Limit Yav the Tiv to Ravyana Vrish Lakish. Let's say this is a disproof to Ravyana and Rish Lakish, because they had said the ages four or five and not six years old. So the Gemara says, Loikasha, no question, Hadi Isiavuabamasa, that case talking about sukkah, that a child's four or five years old, that's when his father's in town, meaning his father's able to deal with the child and any issues that he might have. So therefore, even when he's four or five, he's gonna be chaiv in sukkah. Over here, our discussion of Erev is talking about where his father is not in the city, so therefore the child is already even six years old, and he's still going to be with his mother. And the Gemara continues, A person can make an Erev for his son or daughter that are under Barabbas Mitzvah, for his servant or maidservant that are Gentiles, whether or not they consent to it. He is not allowed to make an Erev, not for his Jewish servant or maidservant, not for his son or daughter that are over over Barabbas Mitzvah, and not for his wife, only if he has their consent. We have a similar Barabbas A person may not make an Erev for his son or daughter that are over Barabbas Mitzvah, and not for his Jewish servant or maidservant, and not for his wife, only with their consent. He is allowed to make an Erev for his servant or maidservant who are Gentiles, and also for his son or daughter that are under Barabbas Mitzvah, or not he has their consent, because these people, their hand is like his hand, they're just an extension of him, and they can't really do anything without his consent, without him wanting it to be done. The Kulan and all these, referring to the Gentile servant and maidservant, they made their own Erev, and their master made an Erev for them, they have to follow their master's Erev and not their own Erev. Except for a woman, because she's able to protest. The Gemara asks, why only a woman? Why not the other people? He answers, this is talking about a woman, and anyone who's similar to her, meaning someone who's over Barabbas Mitzvah or the Jewish servant or maidservant, they're able to protest the Erev. Now the Gemara says, Amar Mar, Isha, we had just said, except for a woman, because she's able to protest to the Erev. Taima, this seems to be that the reason why she's not going to be included in her husband's Erev is Demachi, because she actively protested. Hastama, but if she was quiet, Nafka Bidabaila, that implies that she would just be part of her husband's Erev. Hakatani Resha, it says in the Resha this Braisa, El Midaitam, we're only allowed to make an Erev with their consent. My love to Amri in, doesn't that mean that she expressed her consent? She actively said, I would like to be part of the Erev. But if she didn't express her consent, that's automatically considered like a protest. So there's a steer between the Risha and the Seifa. The Gemara says, Loi, no, my Elamidaitam, what does it mean? We have to do it with their consent. Dishtiku, if they're quiet. As long as they're 
quiet, then that's considered like they're consenting. That's excluding if they say, no, I don't want to be part of the Erev. But again, as we said, as long as they're quiet, it's considered like they're consenting to their husband's Erev. The Gemara asks, We had said in the Sefer this Brisa that all of these, if they made an Erev, meaning the Gentile servant or maid servant, if they made their own Erev and their master made an Erev for them, they have to be part of their master's Erev. The Stamahu, and that's a case of Stamah where they didn't say anything. We said, except for the case of Isha, the Loinafki, that she's not going to be part of her husband's Erev, meaning in a case of Stam, she doesn't have to actively protest. She's not going to be part of her husband's Erev unless she actively says she wants to be part of it. Amarava, he answers, that's not a question. Kivan She'irvu, once they made their own Erev, that is the greatest form of protesting. So we see that only if the woman actively protests is she not going to be part of her husband's Erev. However, if she's quiet and she doesn't say anything, then she's automatically going to be part of her husband's Erev. And the Gemara continues, what is the sheer? How much food is necessary for Erev Tchumen? Every single person who's going to be part of the Erev Tchumen needs to have the amount of two meals. The amount of food that he eats of two weekday meals and not two Shabbos meals. That's Rameer's opinion. It's Shabbos meals and not weekday meals. And both of them are just trying to be lenient. According to Rameer, people eat much more on Shabbos, so therefore their weekday meals are smaller and that's how we measure it. According to Rabbi Huda, people eat much less on Shabbos. That's because they need to have three meals, so they need to space themselves out, so therefore the Shabbos meals are smaller than the weekday meals. Now the next part of the mission is going to be discussing, if we're using bread for the Erev, how much bread is necessary. Rabbi Yechim Emer, he says, the size of the loaf has to be the amount that you could purchase for one pudyon, that's when you could purchase four saw of wheat for a sella. One pudyon is one forty-eighth of a sella. Therefore, a loaf of bread that's purchased for one pudyon, when I could purchase four saw for a sella, is the size of half of a kav, and that's important. Reb Shimonimer, he argues and he says, Shte yadais likikar, two parts of a loaf of bread, meaning two-thirds of a loaf of bread, is going to be the amount necessary for the Erev. Mishalish lakav, that's when three of these loaves equal a kav, meaning the size of this loaf is one-third of a kav. So focus, these amounts described are for two meals, halved for one meal. Therefore, Rabbi Yechman that requires a loaf of a half of a kav holds that one meal is a quarter of a kav, whereas Rabbi Shimon that requires two-thirds of a loaf, that is a third of a kav, holds that one meal is a ninth of a kav. And the Mishnah continues, Half of this is for a house that's afflicted with tzaras. We've already previously learned that if one is in a tzaras house for the amount of time that it takes to eat a minimal meal, then not only is he tame, but so are his clothing. The amount of time it takes to eat half of the above-mentioned loaf is this time period. And the Mishnah concludes, of chetzi chetzia and half of a half of one of these loaves, lipsul sagvia, in order to apostle a person's body, usually one does not become tame by eating tame food. However, midra banan, if one ate half of a half of the above mentioned loaf, he's going to become pasul, meaning he is not allowed to eat chuma or kachim. And now the Gemara asks a practical question: How much is two sudas? Meaning, can I compare it to anything that we know? Two loaves of farmer's bread. This is a type of loaf that everyone knew what it was. So that's what two sudas are. Ravada Barav, Amar, he says, Tarti Rifta, Nahar Papiyasa, it's two loaves of bread that come from this place. Amar Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, Bray the Rava, he asked Rav Yosef, Bray the Rava, Avuch, your father, Kaman Sfirale, who does he hold like in our Mishnah? Rav Meir, that we measure weekday meals, or Rav Yehuda, that we measure Shabbos meals? So he answers, Krav Meir Sfirale, he held like Rav Meir, that we measure weekday meals. So Rav Yosef responds, Anonami Krav Meir Sfirale, I also hold like Rav Meir. Dik Rav Yehuda, because if I would hold like Rav Yehuda, that we measure Shabbos meals, 
we would have a problem because what people say, that there's always room for tasty food. People usually use this phrase as saying there's always room for dessert. And if there's always room for tasty food, meaning tasty food on Shabbos, that means you're going to be eating more during the Shabbos sudas, not less. That's why I go like Rav Meir that says that we measure weekday meals and not Shabbos meals. And now delving a little bit into the machlekes between Rabbi Yechanan and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Yechanan Reiko Eimer, Tano, we have a brisa. Rabbi Yechanan and Rabbi Shimon's opinions are very close to being exactly the same. The Gemara says, Me dummy, is that really comparable? Rabbi Yechanan, according to Rabbi Yechanan, Arba Sudasa Lakaba. There's four Sudas in one Kav. Because if there's two Sudas in a half a Kav, it means there's four Sudas in one Kav. And Rabbi Shimon, according to Rabbi Shimon, Tesha Sudasa Lakaba, there's nine Sudas in a Kav because his loaf of bread was a third of a Kav and there was two Sudas in that. That means that there's nine nine sudas in a kav. So Amar Chiz, Rav Chiz, the answer is no. Tzei mehen shlish. According to Rabbi Yechanan, we have to take away a third of our cheshben, lechen because that amount is meant for the storekeeper's profit. So therefore, we're going to have more sudas in a kav, according to Rabbi Yechanan. The Gemara continues asking, Vakati lamar tisha, according to Rabbi Shimon, we still have nine sudas in a kav. Ulamar, and according to Rabbi Yechanan, shis, we only have six sudas to a kav. And that's not comparable. That's not kroivim liya is shavin. That's not like it's almost exactly the same. So the Gemara says, you're right, it's like the other memory of the, the Amr, he says, Really, a half of the amount of money spent is going for the storekeeper's profit. So therefore, we're going to have many more sudas in a kav. The Gemara continues asking, According to Reb Shemin, it's nine sudas. Ulamar, and according to Reb Tamni, it's going to be eight sudas, not nine. So the Gemara says, you're right, that's not a problem. That's what we said. They're very close to being exact. They're not exact. But 9 and 8 is much closer to being exactly the same than 9 and 6 or 9 and 4. But now the Gemara just asks on what we had just mentioned, Kashi of Chizda of Chizda, we have a steer of Chizda on himself. And one member of Chizda had said a third of what you're paying is for the storekeeper's profit. And the other member, he said a half of what you're paying is the storekeeper's profit. The Gemara answers, like Kasha, no problem. One is talking about where the Baal Bias, this homeowner who's purchasing a loaf of bread, also gave wood, tzivi, as he helped chip in with the firewood. Therefore, the baker did not need to take so much money out of his own pocket for firewood. And therefore, the profit of the baker is only a third and not a half. And the other case is talking about where this homeowner did not chip in for the expenditure of the wood. And therefore, half of the money that he's using is actually going for the storekeeper's profit and not for the food that he's purchasing. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.